Now it's time to take a look at our featured mag of the day today, which is, of course, Take a Break magazine. And I'm delighted to be joined by the wonderful Kim Gregory. Hello, Kim. Hi, Jill. How are you this week? I'm really well, thank you. I mean, my blood is pretty much made of chocolate after the amount of Easter eggs I've eaten. But other than that, I'm doing well, yeah. Well, good. Do you know something? Lucky you. I was actually very, very sensible this year and um, I didn't ask for a chocolate well I did ask for a chocolate egg but I asked for a dark chocolate egg because you know it's meant to be really high in antioxidants you know I tried yeah. to sort of um convince myself that it wouldn't be <laughs> as bad for me anyway my husband couldn't find one so I got a big bar of dark chocolate oh no you tried to make it healthy and then you got a massive one anyway yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you to tell him off for that Jill <laughs> oh definitely but at least um I'm, I'm not still kind of up to my armpits in chocolate eggs as I usually would be so yeah. uh, I think I've been very restrained this year very very good so I'm quite proud yeah that's really good to be honest I didn't ask for any I thought oh, I'll be good this year and then I ended up with four massive ones and I've still oh, got some goodness. left so it's not even like I can start healthy eating yet because I've still got all these Cadbury's to get through. Oh, do you know what's so lovely? If you uh, melt it into hot milk and make hot chocolate out of real chocolate. Oh, that sounds amazing. Delicious. Do You're it. not helping though. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it, Jill. <laughs> well, listen, I'm so glad you had a great Easter. I really am. Uh, but I'm even gladder, if that's the word, I'm gladderer <laughs> uh, that you're here with me today because you're taking us through the current issue of Take a Break magazine, which is, as always, brilliant. And uh, you're starting off with your first story, which is? The Boy Who Brought Me Back to Life, this one. So this is a from a lady called Holly Chung. Um, her and her husband, James, were really excited for the arrival of their first child, which was a baby boy. And then at 37 weeks, Holly was induced as she had diabetes so she went into labour and she pushed for 17 and a half hours and then she finally heard the little boy's first cry and she said tears streamed down her face. He was healthy and beautiful and he had a full head of thick dark hair. That must make up half of his weight, her husband Jason joked. As he cradled Jordan, their little boy, in his arms for the first time. Three months went past in a blur of nappy changes and sleepless nights but they were such a happy little family. Then one day, when Holly was changing Jordan's nappy in the middle of the night, she began to feel nauseous. Can you give me a hand, she said to Jason. I don't feel very well. The room went black suddenly. Then when she woke up, Jason said, You fainted. Let's get you to the doctors in the morning. At the surgery, her GP said, You're a new mother, Holly. You've, you're just worn out. Get some rest and you'll be better in no time. So, a few days later, she was sat with Jordan on her knee, bouncing him up and down, but then the same sick feeling swept over her. She tried to hold on for Jordan's sake, but she slipped into blackness again. As she came to up, Jason was standing over her, and he said, You passed out again. The ambulance is on its way. The next thing Holly remembers um, was a paramedic saying, We're going to shock you now. This is going to hurt. Then after that, everything went black. When she woke up, the first thing she saw was a white ceiling that she didn't recognise. Jason was standing over her and his eyes were red from crying. You have to speak, Holly, he said. We need, to tr we, we need you to try to speak. Then another voice that sounded like her mum said, you've had a cardiac arrest. Holly said she wanted to communicate, so she motioned for a piece of paper. But all that came to her mind, strangely, was a list of designer things that she wanted. And she started scrawling furiously, a Louis Vuitton handbag, Jimmy Choo shoes, Chanel perfume. Um, she blacked out again and 
was in and out of consciousness for days. Then one day she saw her sister crying, so she snapped, she snapped to it and said, stop being so silly, because she didn't understand what, what all the fuss was about. Then one day Jason was by her side and he said, Jordan is doing so well, he's getting really big. But Holly looked at him blankly and said, who is Jordan? Jason looked fl flawed for a minute, but he said, oh baby boy, you remember, don't you? But try as she might, Holly couldn't work out what he was on about. Um, he, she just wanted him to stop speaking so she could go back to sleep. And then the next time she woke up, there were printed pictures of a baby boy with thick, dark hair all over the walls of a room. She gazed at them, but they meant nothing to her. Then suddenly, images flashed through her mind, hazy at first and then sharper. She could picture a little boy in her arms. And as each day passed, she began to think more clearly, until one day she woke up and the pictures became familiar, and eventually she knew that Jordan was hers. The doctors had something to tell her. You contracted a virus that attacked your heart, and now you're attached to a machine that is keeping you alive. Without a heart doctor, you have two, th two or three weeks maximum to live. But she just said, please bring my baby to me. The doctor said they didn't want to put her at risk of infection, but she said, I've got to see him. So the next morning, Jason walked onto the ward with a bundle in his arms. My boy, she cried. Jason laid him on the bed and said that he'd been crying a lot since Holly had been in hospital and that he'd been difficult to feed. But as he laid there with his big unblinking eyes, he was quiet as a mouse. All Holly wanted to do was scoop him up in her arms and cradle him to her chest, but she was too weak. Instead, she stroked his face and held his little hands. He was so calm and Holly knew that he could tell she was his mum, even though she was covered in tubes and wires. A few minutes after... He was by her side, he dozed off, and Holly did too. Then that evening, Jason took him home, and then he came back to the hospital. But when he walked into the room, he noticed that the line on the machine that tracked Holly's heartbeat looked different. So he called for a nurse. Did you touch anything, she said. No, I've just got here, he replied. This is astonishing, she said. So she went into the hallway to get a doctor. He came in, they all fussed around, and Holly's mind started racing and she began to panic. She thought, this is it. Then one of the doctors said, Holly, your heart has started working by itself. He seemed as stunned as they were. We can't take you off the machine straight away, he said. We need to be sure your heart is working all the time. First, they turned it off for 10 minutes and her heart, her heart kept beating. Then after that, they left it off for 20 minutes and then an hour and not once did it falter. Eventually, they decided they could turn the machine off for good. It was an incredible moment and, our, and their only explanation for it was that seeing Jordan had triggered her heartbeat. That's the strength of a mother's love, one of the nurses said. Whatever had happened, all Holly knew was that having Jordan there had given her the strength and motivation to carry on. Months passed and Holly was allowed her home. Her wounds healed and she couldn't wait to get back to being a mum. The first time she decided to try to change Jordan, something strange happened. She realised she'd forgotten how to do it, or at least that part of her brain couldn't process the usual movements. Jason, can you show me, she said. She tried to mirror his actions with her body, but when she tried it, she was so slow. But soon, however, she was able to fully look after Jordan, and for his first birthday, they all went to a safari park to celebrate. Now they're a loving family. Um... They're a loving family and they're really enjoying their life together. Holly said, People tell me all the time that it was a miracle that my heart started beating again, but really it was Jordan who was the miracle.
oh what a lovely story in, in the end um but how frightening that something like that can happen yes i know and so out of the blue as well it's just but, um, absolutely terrifying but you know we take the human heart and the human body for granted so much don't we we do we do but it's just incredible that it's her little boy who saved her in the end she he brought her back to life absolutely incredible oh well listen let's hope she remains uh nice and healthy and uh that uh jordan has his mummy for a long long time um listen let's move on to our next story and uh this is here comes grimzilla yes so this story is brilliant this is um from a lady called weng and it actually starts off (laughs) saying after eight weddings, I thought Ron was ready to settle down, but I'd reckoned without a naughty misuse, a traffic jam and, pre- traffic jam and President Obama. So you can imagine where the story is going, oh <laughs> <goodness>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so Wang had signed up to online dating to find love, but she said that everyone seemed to be after one thing and she just wasn't interested in that. Then one day she received a message from a man named Ron. She clicked on his picture. He had silver hair, twinkly eyes and a friendly smile. He didn't look the sort to mess anyone around and she thought, I've got a good feeling about this. They began to chat online and Ron told her about the recent death of his mum. He said his wife had left him on the day of the funeral. I'm so sorry, Wang wrote. They talked on the phone and to cheer him up, she said, I wish we could meet. That perked Ron right up and he replied, I'll book a ticket. She lived in the Philippines and Ron was in the UK so there was almost 7,000 miles between them. Not to mention the fact that Weng was 27 and Ron was 57. But none of this deterred him. A few weeks later he arrived and she took him to her family home. They spent the next few days swimming and having barbecues. She said Ron was funny and kind and the years between them melted away. So when it was time to say goodbye, she took Ron to the, Ron to the airport and they both began to cry. When will I see you again, she asked. Who knows, Ron said. As it turned out, he missed her so much he was back less than a week later. And on his second evening there, they were in the kitchen when Unchained Melody began to play. Wang turned around and saw Ron down on one knee, holding out a sparkling engagement ring. This must seem sudden, he said, but I love you. Will you marry me? Wang's heart began to pound and she said, yes. They were both elated. And then Ron and Wang went to the British Embassy so that they could so that she could apply for a visa to visit the UK, but the application was refused. I'm sorry, the embassy official told Ron, you don't have your most recent divorce papers. Weng looked at Ron confused. Most recent, she said. He replied, well, my wife left me recently, didn't she? A few days later, Weng let Ron borrow her laptop so he could check his emails. As he was tapping away at the kitchen table, she walked over to him and put her arms around his neck. He jumped and quickly tried to cover up the screen, but he wasn't fast enough. The email he was writing was to a book publisher, and in it he'd written, My life story will be about wife number one, wife number two, wife number three. What does this mean, when asked him? Have you been married more than once? Ron's face turned red and he said, You'd better sit down. So she sat in the chair next to him and Ron took her hand. I've been married seven times, he said. She almost fainted. He explained that as well as seven ex-wives behind him, he had eight children, 13 grandchildren and four great-grandchildren. Why didn't you tell me, Wen said. I was scared I'd lose you, Ron replied. I've spent my whole life looking for the right woman, now I've found her. Wen softened and said, it's okay, it's all in the past. 
All that matters is now. She knew that Ron had a big heart. He'd just followed it a little too often. Months later, Wang moved to the Isle of Wight with Ron and they got married. They enjoyed watching television, playing Scrabble and fishing. And with every wedding anniversary that passed, they clinked glasses of champagne and mocked all the people who said they wouldn't last. They even came and told their story to us in Take a Break magazine. But then one day after that, Wen came home from work early and found Ron on his laptop. When she walked in, he slammed it shut and she thought, that's strange. So that night, when he was asleep, she went downstairs and opened it. She looked at his browsing history and saw that Ron had been on dating websites talking to other women. When he came downstairs, she turned the laptop screen towards him and his face dropped. I can't help it, he said. It's the medication I'm on from my Parkinson's disease. It makes you ask other women out, does it, she said. Eventually, she calmed down and they talked things through. They decided that it seemed silly to throw away years of happiness over one mistake, so they agreed to put it behind them. In time, Ron and Wen planned to go back to the Philippines for a holiday, but at the last minute, Wen couldn't get time off work, so Ron went alone. But days passed and she didn't hear anything from him, so she logged into his emails to see if he was okay. The last one he'd sent was about renting an apartment. He typed, The apartment is for me and Isa. Isa? Weng said aloud. Who on earth is Isa? So when Ron got back, she was waiting for him in the kitchen, arms folded. Who's Isa? she said. I have no idea, he replied. That's funny, she continued, because you were going to rent an apartment with her. Ron sat down on the sofa with his head in his hands. Isa is a masseuse, he said. She came back to my room to give me a massage and then she couldn't get home because President Obama arrived and there was a traffic jam. Weng stared at him. And so she stayed in my bed, he concluded. What? she shouted. You slept with her? Nothing happened, Ron said, I swear. You can't be trusted, Weng said. I want a divorce. While Ron disappeared upstairs, she messaged Isa. She wrote, You know Ron is married, don't you? I'm sorry, came the reply, but I love him. Now Ron and Weng still live together, but they lead separate lives. She says she has no idea what happened to Isa, but now she's heard that Ron has a new girlfriend in the Philippines, Crystal, and he's proposed to her. She said, Ron promised me I was the only woman for him. Now he's lining up his next wife. Everyone deserves a second chance at love, but Ron's on nine and counting. Oh, my goodness. You know, I'm just... It's unbelievable. I don't know what to say, actually, because you would think that given his, his kind of track record, that she might have had an idea that something like this might happen, but... I know, I know, but it just seems so charming at the beginning. Oh we were all goodness. saying, though, we, we do so many love rats, but this is the first time the excuses President Obama arrived and there was a traffic jam. <laughs> so, oh, that's just brilliant, absolutely yeah, brilliant. What an excuse. <laughs> that is some excuse. Well, I don't know. It's, it's probably the best love rat story I've, I've heard on Take a Break today. So um, yeah, well done, Ron. Well done, Ron. But listen, well done you too, Kim, for taking us through these brilliant stories so perfectly. And uh, thank you very much for joining us today. Now, obviously, if anybody wants to get a copy of Take a Break magazine, then they can. It's out on the shelves now. Or you can take a look at the fully accessible website. Have you got the web address? Yes, it's www.takeabreak.co.uk. Fantastic. Listen, Kim, you have a great weekend, whatever you're getting up to. And we shall speak to you again here very soon here on RNIV Connect Radio. Oh, thanks for having me, Jill.